Greetings, nerds. This is Seen the Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. Glad it's uh, almost the weekend. So looking forward to just having some time off to be chill and relax and, uh, yeah, catch up on some, some shows before the, we get truly into the fall season. What shows? Uh, I still need to catch up on Ozark. Oh. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ozark season two. I, I I watched part of the season premiere, but um, yeah, Florence came, and I just haven't had a chance to chance to get back to it. Oh, Florence! I um, I had so many shows that I could be binging right now, just waiting for other things to come up, and yet I keep finding myself doing deep dives on YouTube. horrible deep dives of catching up on Shane Dawson or David Dobrik or any of these other YouTuber Jason Nash and and I'm just I don't know what it is but I'm I'm a little bit addicted to it Um, it's starting to kind of run its course as these things do with me but but yeah I kind of have just been geared towards watching YouTube lately yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Like, you know, there's that. And then for me, it's like now football season starting. So a lot of times I'll be like, yeah, I need to, I want to watch such and such. But then, oh, it's Thursday night. It's a football game on. Oh, it's Saturday right. afternoon. It's, you know, like I was telling you this weekend, I was also going to rewatch Infinity War. But then I ended up watching my, where I went to college, NC State football game. So it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, it's, it's to that point where, yeah, the, the, the there's many many choices and, and, and bandwidth is getting tighter. Yep, yep. Or is it? <laughs> or is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I uh I didn't realize that the resident came back. Yeah. And so uh, it it kind of snuck up on me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or I I, I I like how they started the new season. Okay. I was going to ask you. <laughs> uh, speaking of sneaking up, uh, I didn't see you like discussion on Twitter or anywhere about This Is Us. Oh, This Is Us was good. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying, I don't know what is wrong with me lately. I'm just having like these moments of of experiencing something and then I completely forget about it until somebody reminds me and then I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. I did watch the This Is Us season premiere. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of more laid back about premieres. I'm obsessed over finales or mm-hmm. episodes where I'm just like, damn, that hit me. Yeah. What? But for some reason, it's kind of like, and I've already said this on the podcast before, pilot episodes never really make me think, okay, this is worth watching and mm-hmm. I'm overjoyed with emotion. Like the only one that ever did that to me was Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of that same way with season premieres. I'm like, oh, thank you for basically just giving me an extended trailer of the trailer you released back in June. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I always wait more for like the second and third, and mm-hmm. when things start falling into um, place more. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's interesting how you said things kind of snuck up on you because that, that's how I felt this week. I guess I had the CW shows in mind, and then it hit all. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, Fox is bringing back, you know, all their shows this week, or uh, or some of the shows in their inventory this week. Like, for example, you mentioned Resident, and then another mm-hmm. one uh, that we uh, got on last season, which was The Gifted. The Gifted. Oh man, I quote unquote watched The Gifted last night. Mm-hmm. I e I skipped a whole bunch of stuff. I had no interest in what was going on. I don't understand why everybody has to have their hair dyed in the series. <laughs> I also just, I don't know. I, w- I was out of it. I really could care less about what's going on with these characters. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about this um, in parts of season one. And, mm-hmm. and I felt the carryover into season two. Um, Agent Jace, where, you know, it, as far as the, the Sentinels? I don't it, know. Yeah, where, where, where was he? It was Nowhere. Missing in action. 
the it just from when I watched it uh, Tuesday night, it I just felt it was all over the place structurally in an yeah. annoying way too. It was just sort of like after a while. I was sitting there watching it, and I, I just kind of lost interest. And I mean, there's there's some definite good points where they can go mm-hmm. in the story, but it did to your point earlier about uh, season premieres, where they basically it's just an extended trailer from what we saw at Comic Con or, or where whatever. That's how I felt this was. It was just a lot of stuff. That but on the screen to set things up, obviously for for the season. But I, I I would have felt better if they had just maybe focused on maybe just the the dynamics going on with the inner circle with the Hellfire Club or what was going on with the mutant underground. But it, it again, it just felt like it was just a jumbled mess and there was just nothing fun about the show. Yeah, I they I really did like the cliffhanger of season one. Mm-hmm. I like the separation. Uh, we mm-hmm. spent a lot of last season getting to know these characters, both yep. when they were separated and when they were together, and then having that divide. What they did not do during the season premiere is explain the decision making of those characters in that season finale. Mm-hmm. And really motivate it to be like, no, remember, these are the characters you know. This is their rationale, and this is why it's in conflict. Instead, it was more about, hey, let's come up with this really cheesy baby name and be like, oh, she's giving birth to a new era of hope Mm -hmm. for a mutant. And, And I'm just... You know, and then there was that weird side eye that was going on there, which makes me think that that kid is not alive, actually. And something else more tragic happened, which, because I'm dead inside, probably means I'll be like, oh, that's so cool when it's revealed. <laughs> um, granted, I just put it out on the podcast. Therefore, that will not happen. It will not happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm that's... horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I, I was not... I I didn't even think it was choppy because I didn't pay enough attention to what was actually happening to even be like, uh, how did they go from A to B? Yeah, this is where <laughs> this is where I think it would have, you know, to your point, this is where the time jump was not helpful to the narrative mm-hmm. arc of the story, right? Because because you had, or if they were going to do a time jump, it should have been a a little smaller time jump because yeah you, you, they had, had great setup as you said with the end of season one and you know and instead we jump to season two and we're getting to all the machinations of the inner circle and uh and uh was it raven the uh head of the hellfire hellcat club she was doing all her you know the political dynamics as far as like she jumped ahead of their plans and you know the step for that was stupid. Yeah, that that's what. Thank you for bringing this up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that, it just set me off on the wrong foot with this ep- with this episode. Yep, yep. They, I felt like you know what? Oh, we're gonna get to know all of these mutants who are older, mm-hmm. who probably have some really cool powers. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're not. We're just gonna kill them all. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? I will not shame anybody for not watching this episode of TV. No, yeah, yeah. Just jump, yeah. Let's just, just the go kid to... hope. Yep. It, yep. And, yeah, it just felt like it was setting up for the, you know, big brother cousin of this show, the X-Men. Yeah. You, you know why the, that, the hope thing stands out to me so much? Because the, um, the spinoff, the originals of the Vampire Diaries, mm-hmm. they had a character who was a really bad character. Um, and, and his redemption arc was also formulated around the birth of a child mm-hmm. who they decided to name Hope. Okay, it's becoming a cliche, and writers need to stop doing this because it it doesn't really 
Like, that's not a cool thing. They could have done an Easter egg of, like, mm-hmm. a cool character, and yeah. then you get to watch that character grow up in the midst of this war. Right, right. Like, missed opportunity. Yeah. I don't know. But, but yeah, let's let's talk about this X-Man thing, because something else happened mm-hmm. last, last night that I did not expect at all, nor am I really that deeply invested into. They finally dropped X-Men, the Dark Dark Phoenix trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will, please explain to me why they keep making movies with this set of actors and characters. They've been making these movies, I think, since 2011. Uh, uh, yeah, with James. Yeah, I guess uh, Michael Fassbender as uh, Vito and uh, James uh, McAvoy as Professor X. Mm-hmm. And I will, you know, I'll have to be honest. This is the first trailer from this group of X Men reboots. I actually, I actually liked where I was like, I actually might go see this. Wrong. It <laughs> <laughs> <I> just <laughs> was it the music. I think Did it was, you... yeah, it was <laughs> the, yeah, it was for it just a very well done trailer. Um. That I felt, oh, you know, this this is this this gene, this is a pretty interesting art of Gene Gray here, and I visually it was just very, it was just very interesting visually and this well edited trailer that, like I said, I haven't had any other than obviously Deadpool, I haven't had any interest in any of the X Men film since forever, and this one was actually. Where I'm going to go contrary to like everything else I've seen online and actually say, hey, this one's not too bad, at least in my opinion. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I was intrigued. Yeah, I and and that's 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 nice and lovely. Well, no, <laughs> I, I watched it now twice or three times, I think, and I'm trying to figure out what it is where. I didn't get chills. I didn't get the impression that there is something that the writers are holding back on. Mm -hmm. I also, and this is interesting because we had this debate when we were talking about Captain Marvel. I didn't get that grand scale with this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is, they set the story really well. I'll give them that much that yeah. they explained to you, yeah, this is what's going on. Professor X, because he's so smart, does something stupid, <laughs> <laughs> which leaves us to the best thing to ever come out of X-Men. <laughs> no. <laughs> the storyline and and Scott is really moody and everything and Jennifer Lawrence is running around one minute she's human, one minute she's mutant, you know, right. yeah. same old. I, I'm the character who actually intrigues me the most based off this trailer, and this is surprising, is Beast. Yeah, and I think maybe, yeah, Beast Boy, yeah, Beast did um, intrigue me quite a bit, but I mean, I get where you're going, where you're going. You know, maybe at this point we should just stop with this particular group of X-Men. Like I said, I haven't... I've seen bits and pieces of some of the films on TV, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's just... You know, I just haven't really... Other than Deadpool, hadn't really had a big hankering to go see any of the X-Men films recently because I just found, found it very underwhelming. And this one, I was... I was, As I said, I was very intrigued by by the trailer that I was like, oh, I might, I might actually go check Right. Apocalypse, apocalypse left such a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I did a lot of I, yeah. I don't really like First Class at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know why a lot of people gravitate so much to that one. Um, Days of Future Past, I really did like when I first saw it. It does not hold up. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I find that if I rewatch, when I rewatch that movie, it's pretty much like my mind is already ahead of me and like, oh, this is not what's going to happen. Like, yeah. e- there's something about going to the theater and watching that movie the first time and being blown away, but it's, it's 
simple enough to where if you go back the second time, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not that it's bad. It's just that for some reason, there's not those oh. details where you're you're it's not like you're finding new brilliance in it. Mm-hmm. You're more focused on all of the cracks that you didn't see that first time around. I, yeah, I hear you. And, and some movies are like that. I mean, some are definitely repeatable, and some just watch it that one time and you can move on. Yeah. And who kn- I'm probably going to go see The Dark Phoenix. I'm a sucker for X-Men movies. They hold a very dear place in my heart, pretty much on par with Spider-Man. But I just... I really am just anxious for them to wrap up this whole lineup and say, bring on the MCU X-Men and give me my Rogue and Gambit story. (laughs) I saw something this evening, actually, I think, where uh, this is just a rumor, but it might be a romantic comedy. And I need to dig a little deeper on that, but uh, if I do, I'll post it on on our show page. You know, if if as long as Rogue is in there, I'm fine with that. Okay. I've wanted that since I was a kid. Yeah, everyone has. And again, you know, I mean, I think I've been hearing about a Gambit movie for like 20 years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like um, it's Deadpool when yeah. it first came out mm-hmm. with um, Wolverine or um, Origins. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you felt like any any time that movie was well mentioned, it was it would always circle back to Ryan Reynolds and mm-hmm. like oh th- he was perfect casting for Deadpool, yeah. and then that like grew until you finally got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and that's I guess we can move on from the MCU to the DC. The Arrowverse. We're getting close to our. Return of Flash on October 9th, kicking us, yep. kicking us off for the, of the, uh, Arrowverse shows and then Black Lightning, of course, which is technically not part of the Arrowverse, but is part of our DC TV lineup. Will makes us cover it, guys. I love that shit. Actually, <laughs> I know you do. I, I love that shit. I know. I know you do. And <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a good show too. I just, I had to say it like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's funny. <laughs> I spare, hey, we, we spare you all hearing us complain about Legends. I know a lot of folks love Legends of Tomorrow, but you know, if, you, if you're wanting Legends talk, we'll, we'll just go ahead and put it out there. This is not the podcast for it. So. Unless Patricia is on and we give her her two minutes. Yes, yes, yeah. So... <laughs> We'll, we'll let you guys, for your, you Legends fans, we'll let you know when Patricia's in the lineup so uh, you can get your Legends fix. Did they cast Captain Britain in Supergirl? Um, I need to catch up on my casting news of Supergirl. Uh, I, what I basically know about Supergirl Season 4 sort of dovetails into some of the things that dropped this week, which is uh, it is Elseworld-inspired story where as if everyone recalls at the end of season three we had supergirl in the soviet union and that's inspired from the elseworld uh, comic for superman where kal-el lands in the soviet union instead of smallville uh but mm. beyond, but beyond that i i don't have many many details as far as uh what we've discussed you know at the end of season three uh, but as far as, you know, I guess, well, I do know that there's been some casting changes to know Brent Spiner was going to come on at one point, but then I think he was replaced by, uh, Bruce Davidson, I think, to play the vice president. And I think Linda Carter, is she back? Is she going to be the president this season? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I or, was or not asking it. about that. Now, I know, I know, but I was just trying to fill in the lesson time here with uh, <laughs> some Supergirl casting news. I just, like I said, I just had I, d- I DM'd you the photo that I saw, sorry, and I which have... led me to my question. I'm sorry, I'm not checking my DMs right now. It's just a, it's an image, and I see Melissa, and then I see this other actor, and he has a giant flag of um, Great Burton flag on it, and I'm like, huh, interesting. Oh, okay. Let's see. I see it now from our finale. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, like like why? What other comic book character would would do that? Now, granted, his shirt isn't very um isn't that kind of attire, but that jacket is. <laughs> it is. It totally looks like that. Yeah. We yeah. shall see. Yeah. I this Elseworlds thing, they announced it yesterday that that's what the crossover was going to be about and there's a lot of excitement. And because there's so much excitement, I decided to be the one who's like, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> it. I have great reservations about this because I was so impressed by last year's crossover event. Mm-hmm. I am kind of disappointed that Legends are not going to be a part of this. Really? I am because it's, it's one less hour of crossover I have this year. Well, <laughs> Fair enough. I'm Good point. You're, yeah, you're, you're being very greedy. You're, you're, you're being the entitled fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am also upset that the, the 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 event is messing with my schedule. They're moving shows all over the place to make it be um to make it work so mm-hmm. that the Flash doesn't have to have their hundredth episode during the crossover. Talk about greedy, Will? Huh? Huh? Like, hey, that was yeah. Well. I feel bad for Arrow fans with that, quite frankly, because mm-hmm. you all, you know, the whole, the show that really got the whole thing started, you know, relegated to their 100th show placed in, in the crossover, I guess, last season. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just, the powers that be would have been more, give, you know, give proper respect to the show that, that really got the whole thing started and had it, let it have its own standalone. 100th episode. Granted, I know The Flash obviously has, in some ways, a clip arrow as far as ratings and that kind of no, thing. It has. Yeah, no, it hasn't. Yeah, it has. I know I'm The Flash apologist for when the show is like, you know, not up to stuff, but yeah, you got it. It has, it has done better. So, but that being said, Stephen uh, Amell is still a bigger star than Grant Gustin is. He is. He is. He is. Which yeah. is very interesting. You know, Grant had, I, I thought at some point he was going to, like, really blow up to be bigger than he started he, that he is. Uh, I don't know. Some, He's too private. Yes. He is too private. That's, uh, yeah. And that's one. And two, I just don't know if he has, like, he's had some very quick. Quite frankly, he hasn't done much outside of the show recently. I mean, he did. I mean, he did that one film with William H Macy, which was critically, you know, trashed. Uh-huh. And then um, he's done the short film with Tom Cavanaugh, but beyond that, he really hasn't done much during the off season. And I mean, that, and that's his choice. And I'm, you know, if that's what he wants to do. Great, but um, you know, at least Stephen does. Has taken chances like I mean, granted, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but you know he's got his American Ninja thing. He does you know the wrestling thing. I mean, he's just out there more. And, and as you said, Grant is more private. It's um, and they talked about this a lot at the Supernatural conventions. Fun fact about me is I don't watch Supernatural. I have watched it. Um, and it's, it's not like I don't like the show. It just has gone on way too long for me to stay invested. Um, but I still watch the panels. So you're plugged in, but you don't watch it. I yeah. yeah. And, and they bring up the fact that when you're on a show that shoots 22 episodes a year, you have a limited amount of time during the off season to do a movie. And typically movies that shoot during that time, are your horror movies, yeah. are your like small romantic comedies. It's kind of, it's really hard to get, the, to utilize that window to do an independence film, to, to really invest your time into a bigger comic book movie. Um, and, and the, the time frame is just too limiting for that to occur. And plus yeah. you want to actually get a break from everything, right? You want right, to enjoy your right. family. And, and so both of these actors are faced with that dilemma. And yet I think Steven has also realized that, well, 
I can't be, I'm already a celebrity because of this show. Mm-hmm. And during my off season, I, w- I have a family that I want to connect to and I could do movies. I could do this, but I also could just be selling myself as a brand so that when the show is over, people don't recognize me as Oliver Queen constantly. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that's Stephen Amell. Yeah. Like with Grant, it's the opposite. It's more that that's Barry Allen, not yeah. Grant Gustin, because he doesn't he hasn't come out and tried to make himself into that brand name. He, he took very much um, <sighs> Tom Welling's approach to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, you're right, and and Tom's done well after Smallville, um, but yeah, but I think long term, I think, and Stephen brought this up on his on, when he was with Michael Rosenbaum on on their that podcast about how he is looking for work, at, you know, his career after after the show, and I think you you raised a very good point that. He, he does do things to create the brand of Stephen Amell outside of Arrow and Oliver Queen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's also interesting to think about, like, these shows have a supporting cast who are also given the same time restraints, too, and and are still also find themselves stuck. Yeah. Yeah. With these characters of these universe and it's not it's not anything against it. It's just also it's kind of the nature of being on that long of yeah. a show yeah. that runs for that period of time. It is very hard I th- for episodes. I think that's why yeah. This Is Us is only sixteen episodes a, a season is because Sterling K. Brown wants to become a movie star. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. He will be one. He is, yeah. He, yeah, he, you're right. And, but I mean but you do see people I mean like Melissa, I mean she she did go do some stuff on Broadway. Right? Yep. Um, so I think there are opportunities, and I think it just depends on the personality, you know, of, of the actor. I mean, other other folks find things to do creatively, you know, during the during the hiatus. But but also they, you know, but it is grueling. Yeah. Uh, you know, to put together that go through a twenty two episode season, and yeah, you probably do just want to just sit back and, and chill and but totally totally get that uh but you know but getting back to the uh no no, no i had one more point yeah, yeah go ahead. i always i always found it interesting how many of these stars of cw tv shows specifically during the later seasons they start to direct episodes yes and then they also go on to other shows after their series has wrapped and start to direct episodes. And so somehow they, they just have found themselves built for this kind of production lifestyle. Yeah. And rather than being in front of the cameras, they're suddenly behind it and still making a lot of money and they're still a person and a celebrity out there. Yeah. But they just, they've kind of go about it in a different way and it's and it's very interesting because Paul Wesley did that. Um yep. I found out he was directing episodes of Shadow Hunters and I'm like, huh. really? That's so weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean you look at yeah, 'cause I guess all yeah, with with our with our prime shows we didn't Paul Blackthorne didn't need to direct episodes for Arrow. I think so. Yeah. The, and, and the, I, the arrow director that stands out to me is Gregory Smith. Because he used to be on Everwood, which used to be on the WB. Hmm. Wow. And I think actually is Greg Berlanti's first show. I believe you're right. Yeah, and even look at The Flash. I mean, this season you have Danielle Panabaker stepping behind the camera for episode 18, and Tom Cavanaugh is actually directing, as we were talking about the 100th episode, he's directing the 100th. Cavanaugh. It yeah. better not be Council Wells 3. Oh, gosh. I hope not. Now, from what I gather with the 100th episode, I think it sounds like there's going to be some callbacks to some characters that um, from earlier seasons, maybe some characters who are no longer with us, like maybe Eddie. Uh, but uh, it'll be it. We'll, we shall see. Uh, but actually, you know, looking at season 5 of Flash and season Seven of the arrow. I'm actually, I know we started out with saying you're not looking forward to premieres. I'm, I'm, as far as premieres of the CW shows, I'm actually 
I'm really looking forward to Arrow. Uh, Flash, I'm looking more towards Episode 2. I mean, hmm. uh, I think Episode 1, I think Nora, I'm, I'm looking forward to it just in the sense that we finally get, you know, the, the, right. the comic book geek in me just is so excited to see the, the ring and the new costume come out of the ring. Um, yeah. But beyond that, I mean, it's not, it's, you know, we were talking about time jumps earlier. This episode will only happen 12 hours after um, the end of season four. So, Did you already watch the episode? Huh? Did you already watch the episode? I feel like it with the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm saying I'm looking forward to episode two because we actually, we actually get to see uh, Cicada mm-hmm. early. Instead of, mm. uh, instead of waiting till, you know, our big reveal mid-season. Cicada. I'm yeah. just going to have so much fun saying Cicada yeah. all year. Cicada. Oh, I'm going to have to, like, Cicada. yeah, I'm going to have to, like, record some, like, the, the sounds here at night just so I can play here on the podcast. <laughs> Whatever. That's our sound effect. <laughs> Cicada. Yeah. <laughs> I will not stop, but still. I, I don't know what it's, I feel like this this hiatus, I've kind of been like, you know what? The shows are going to come back. Mm-hmm. I've, we've been through this before. I don't need to read and ingest everything. And so much other stuff is going on where I'm just not finding myself going into Arrow season premiere already feeling like I've seen the episode, which yeah. I'm very happy about. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, they have released a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I really didn't need to see that image of Felicity coming, um, talking to Oliver on the phone in the prison. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to know that because yeah. that right at me is like, that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Well, now I have seen it. Now, the flash is interesting because I've always been kind of like, I'm just going to let it come back and we'll see what happens. I'm not. I'm not going to try to find out, um, but you said something really interesting to me because everybody knows this. I don't read the books, mm-hmm. so I don't know what all the Easter eggs are, um, but something that they did announce with the crossover is that they, um, the monitor, and I believe your explanation was that this is hinting at in, um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... With the monitor, you have the monitor. This really gets into our whole discussion with the, with the multiverse. And something you said to me earlier when we were talking about this earlier this week uh, made even more sense as far as why this, why I'm a- actually am looking forward to the crossover. First, with the monitor, you have the monitor and the anti-monitor, and basically, they're the, the monitors are basically the guardians of the multiverse. And as we know, in the comics, it's 52, I guess, and it's the W shows, 53, separate Earth. And so in Crisis of Infinite Earths, the Anti-Monitor was trying to destroy, you know, trying to destroy the, the, the multiverse. And actually, you know, we all, you know, we've seen the headline many times, Flash disappears in Crisis. And, and it was, and I think every every season that headline has shown up in some form or fashion on the Flash, and so it's interesting to me from you know knowing from hinting at that with the Monitor showing up in this crossover, leading to you know Barry Allen's ultimate demise when he vanishes in Crisis of Infinite Earth because in the comic book Barry was gone for years and Wally West stepped up and took over as the Flash. What you mentioned about uh, the Elseworlds is things that in Elseworlds and the comic continuity happen outside of the, the, the normal DC continuity. So mm-hmm. you can have all these stories, like as I mentioned before tonight, uh, Superman showing up in uh, the Soviet Union versus Smallville and you know how things change from that. Uh, there's one dealing with Batman and Thomas Wayne. Uh, and, and there's a couple others as well where uh, we had these what if scenarios, which you, we talked about earlier. And I know you were talking, you were wondering if we're going to get into this kind of what if in, in the crossover. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's possible, especially given that, you know, they are introducing Batwoman and, mm. and Arkham Asylum <laughs> in the crossover, uh, you know, as possibly a backdoor pallet. You know, is this going to be one of those scenarios where it is a, a what if? And we also have Miss, you know, Nora Freeze, uh, you know, Cassandra Mel coming on to, to play that. And we saw, I remember Steven posted on his Instagram yeah. uh, a cast that, you know, everybody was like, oh, here comes Mr. Freeze uh, around <sighs> the same time. So, you know, maybe we do get into this, your, your, your theory of this, this else world being a, a what if type of scenario. And and then, but also we get introduced to the Monitor, who's the guardian of the of the multi multiverse, you know, building our way ultimately to you know uh, Barry's demise in the future when he when he vanishes, uh, saving uh, the multiverse from the Anti Monitor. Oh, Barry, you're going down. Yeah. No, <laughs> I. I'm so not excited about them allowing him to be Mr. Freeze. <laughs> and then the fact that they cast his real life wife as, um, as, as Mr. Freeze's wife. Yeah. I just, there was something about that where I'm just like, why, 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 why? I don't want that else world. I also am, I think I'm very trepidatious about if they use how they're going to use this crossover event to catapult Batwoman's show, mm-hmm. do not make Batwoman's show basically appear as a what if scenario and kind of in a weird tangential way connect it to everything else. I just multiverse are multi um, worlds are one thing, but I, there's just something about that kind of where I'm just like, "Eh, I don't, how is this connected again? I don't know. It it Mm -hmm. just, it pulls, it pulls the wrong strings for me. Mm -hmm. And I can't articulate why right now, but there's something just about that kind of, it's just like, well then what's the point? Right. You know, I, I don't want a, well, Batwoman exists in a what if scenario. And so let's go explore that. Well, why? That's a one issue kind of deal. That's a one episode. Like the whole what if scenario isn't a new concept. It's not something that DC born. We've been seeing these kind of things play out in long term, long form storytelling for centuries now. Right. Right. Um, and part of the reason why I'm also kind of hesitant about this whole crossover event being Elseworlds is that I don't want it to be kind of like a one and done. Like I want to make sure that they, the central characters are still moving forward and that this actually affects them in a way that, that helps their season continue forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear all that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know if this, what if scenario is going to happen with that woman. I mean, I, I, I like you would be very disappointed if they, it, it does play out that way, um, right? And I, you know, I, I, to me, this with bringing the monitor in, and you know, again, to me, that just sort of cements the idea that this is a backdoor pilot for Batwoman. And then the question becomes: Is she from you know Earth thirty eight with with uh, you know same as Kara, or? Uh, or a, another Earth that three with you know Jay Garrick and how Jay back or whatever this scenario is, I, I'm hoping that that will be the the route that they go as far as why they bring the Monitor into the picture, uh, as far as reaffirming the fact that we do have 53 different Earths and the CW multiverse. Yep. All right. Trailer talk. Trailer talk. It is yes. Okay, let's try to get through this quickly. Um, The first thing, it's not a trailer, but it's interesting how the Joker just kept popping up in headlines for this past week. It was nothing but the Joker, the Joker, the Joker. Yeah. Initially, I wasn't happy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I really wasn't. There was something about that image. And and then I realized, especially after listening to a few other discussions about the images, that 
I'm just my initial knee jerk reaction was because we all know what the Joker looks like mm -hmm. and we've seen so many renditions. This is just the next one. Yeah. Um, and especially once they released the footage and, and just that small little frame really of, um, of him walking away from causing a little bit of chaos in the subways. Yeah. Um, and you saw the full outfit. There, there's something about that full outfit. Yeah. Yes. The suit is not purple. Mm -hmm. But there was just this this nice appeal where it's not the Dark Knight Joker, no. but it's also not animated. Like yeah. it is still, it's just enough of the combination of it mm -hmm. that I'm like, okay, I can get into this. Yeah. I can, I I like it. I like how it ties in and. And the more I look at it, the more like the the makeup kind of is doing a weird thing in the sense of a sad clown mm -hmm. because it has that droopy the the um blue around the eyes, mm -hmm. and one of them almost looks like a tear falling down, yeah, which which yeah. I think is a little bit of interest that is that is and. Yeah, I always like you. Um, for me, you know, the, the gold standard for for Joker, at least in live action, is you know Heath Ledger, and um, I. But like, but the same reaction when I saw that footage. Uh, not only not only the still photo, but actually the, the TMZ video where uh, he's running off the subway and you know all chaos is happening around him, as, as you said. Um, that I was like, yeah, that'll work. And even and even the screen test with as they pan, you know, as they zoom in to Joaquin and they you know have the little the clown like you know shadows like casting over him. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, you know, he's got the acting chops to, to do this. Yeah. And 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 when you look at that, and then also the still shot of him just looking like you know, scary, you know, psychotic Joker sand, the clown makeup. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'm getting more and more on board with this. Yeah, it's it's definitely starting to creep up to a project I'm very interested to see the full trailer drop. Yeah. yeah. Um, Another a trailer that actually did drop was Bumblebee. Yeah. My thoughts on Bumblebee is, I I actually like this, and I wish this is how the Transformers actually like started. <laughs> I've you know I've gone to like swearing off Transformer movies to like oh Bumblebee, this and and seeing all the Generation One callbacks as far as the Transformers in in the second trailer, I yeah they might get my money at Christmas time. Uh, they won't get mine. <laughs> it's I. You're not the first one to say that about this trailer. Yeah. So I think that there is, for people who went into Michael Bay's series and thinking like, oh, this is this is finally happening, and then their disappointment. Mm -hmm. For me, it was more like, oh, this is different. I I know nothing about this property. I don't have my hands aren't tied in any way of loyalty. Like yeah. I just thought the special effects were amazing in that film. Yeah. This trailer though, towards the end, I was, I was kind of just like, so, um, so we have, I can like picture her face and everything and multiple movies she's been in. Yeah. Haley Steinfeld. Steinfeld. So, so they have Haley Steinfeld, and I'm just sitting here thinking, is she ever gonna talk? Mm. <laughs> like, is, is who is she? Why does she matter so much? I get it. Like, she takes care of Bumblebee. Mm. They develop a bond, a kindership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it all before. Yeah. Eh, I just, well, I don't know. I'm kind yeah. of over. Well, for me, uh, you know, again, as I said earlier, it's a Generation One thing. Uh, you know, it's throwback Thursday. Were recorded and I call back for nostalgia for me, you know, seeing that and just how didn't really get that with the other film. So maybe that's what maybe that's what 
motivating me to be like, oh, this, I might actually go check this out. Right. It, it's interesting when we compare it to the next trailer, Fantastic Beasts 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The spinoff series, the prequel, whatever you want to call it, to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh-huh. I, I saw the first Fantastic Beasts. Uh-huh. Lukewarm about it. I, I didn't. I didn't really care. I I I was missing something, and then I saw this trailer because I was also not looking forward to the sequel. Mm-hmm. I'll admit it, but I saw this specific trailer, and I realized what this property has been missing since the first movie: Harry Potter lore. Yes, like there is something so magical, pun intended, about the world that J.K. built in the first series. Mm-hmm. And and if you're going to give a, us an additional property that ties into that, you better back it up. Yeah. And this trailer showed that, no, this time around, you're going to get what you kind of wanted that first time mm-hmm. and then some. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it now. I couldn't believe this this trailer, and I'm so glad it's the last one because I don't need any more yeah. information. Yeah, I, I'm I'm there with you. Uh, I'll differ disagree with you a little bit. I actually enjoyed the first film because it didn't have much of the Harry Potter lore, and it, it was able to stand on its own merits. And so for me, I I really enjoyed seeing another story from that universe and, you know, based, you know, obviously the Potter influence being there, not to the extent that clearly it looks like, you know, it's full, full on in Fantastic Beasts 2. Uh, but I, yeah, this, this does seem to, yeah, I think it will surpass some of the, some of the films in the original, uh, original uh, Potter films. Uh, no, it won't. Oh, I, think um, it will. I think it will. I mean, <laughs> let's get back to uh, the, the second film. Come on, let's see. I mean, that you know, Chris. I will say the Christopher Columbus ones. They were the first two. Yeah, kicked off the universe and stuff. But I mean, they're the weaker films by when you in comparison to the others. And I'm not even saying the age of the actors either. It's just Creon and other directors did such better jobs just building that universe correctly. I don't, oh, I, I get what you're saying. I was kind of meant it more as, for some reason, there's something about Harry Potter where I look at it as one giant story. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. I'm just like, it's one long, long film. It's you. just, it continues. Um, what are Good your point. thoughts on Deathly Hallows Part 1? Yeah. It, thinking back, I haven't watched it in a while, but it was good. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was a good setup. It was a good setup for part two. Interesting. I think I'm I'm one of the few people I prefer part one over part two. Mm-hmm. I mean, part one did have the great ending though. It had an amazing ending. Yeah, that ending was yeah yeah gave yeah. me chills. Yeah, yeah, you're Love right. That ending. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I think yeah, you, you persuaded me very easily. <laughs> um, Creed 2 trailer Deja Vu all I can say it's like okay it's like Rocky 4 in 2018 okay move on <laughs> no it's not nah. <laughs> it's I okay I like this trailer I did like it yeah it's a good trailer I don't know what I'll feel about the film because I'm also one of the few people that Creed, I, I watched it. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not in love with it. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It, Creed was very entertaining. Seeing this, a callback, throwback Thursday, whatever. I just, when I saw it, I, I couldn't help but think of Dolph Lundgren and I will break you. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. I, I kind of like that was some of my favorite parts of it. Just the yeah. snap images of of him up there. I'm like, uh, yeah. uh and then I, I I like what they're hinting that the story's gonna be about. Mm. I I kind of like that. I am very f- fearful that I'm gonna go into this movie 
And we, the first trailer had an image of like the first, literally the first trailer, the first scene shows, shows the Adonis basically laid out on a hospital bed and it looked yeah. like he just got hammered. Hammered. Yeah. Yeah. I am so fearful that that's going to be the final shot of the movie. Ooh. It could be. It really is. Because this is going to be me during this if I see this movie, especially in theaters. I'm going to be like, okay, um, when is he going to be in the bed? (laughs) When is that going to happen? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's going to be the end. They're going to end it on the cliffhanger. He is going to lose. And this is just going to give us Creed Mm three. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, I think that's it for us tonight. Yes. Covered a lot of ground this evening. We did. We got through everything. Um Will, where can our listeners find you? Yes, you can find me at on Twitter at Will M Polk. That's W I L L M P O L K. And you can find me at SJ Belbot, S-J-B-E-L-E-B-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.